We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. It is Monday, kicking off a new week. I'm Trevor Lane, joined by Keith Smith. Keith, I can't believe we're already this far through August. Like, summer is almost over somehow. I mean, I don't know how this happens, but it feels like it's moving pretty quickly, which, which I think is a good thing because that just means we're that much closer to NBA basketball. Yeah, we have actual, like, semi-meaningful basketball games yeah. uh, next month in the NBA because preseason starts for a couple of teams, the Warriors and Wizards, in September because they're going over to Japan to play. So so uh, that, that's fun. So we're really, like, yeah, the, the NBA will be back next month, um, which sounds crazy. But, yeah, the fact that it's August 15th, I was doing some, some uh, you know, I, just, I was paying bills, and I was like, man, how is it already halfway through right. August? And like our daughter's in her first full week of school this week. So like we're, we're, we're right back in the routine, man. It's uh that's, you know, it's like summer, summer's, you know, here and gone in, uh, in uh, Florida. So we're, we're moving on. I know my Celtics fans, folks who come to this, they, they've still got a couple weeks left. So they're, they're hanging in there to, to, to those last uh, dwindling uh, uh, summer days, but, but it's, it's, it's coming quick. Yep, it really is. It has flown by, and a lot of that has been because of all of the different rumors and things that have been floating around, and a lot of them due to one particular person. Let's fire the cannons. Fire. Fire. Fire! Oh, the Kevin Cannon. Kevin Durant. Willing to sit out. This is something that has been kind of put out there for a while now. It's been, well, you know what, KD? He wants to be traded from the the Nets, but he's not really going to sit out games. Like when push comes to shove and it's time to step on the court, Kevin Durant, he loves basketball too much. He's a real hooper. That's right. He's a real (laughs) hooper. It's all the love of the game. He will be out there on the floor. Eh, Now we're hearing that's not the case. In fact, Mark Stein, just before we jumped on here, dropped a piece pretty specifically saying, yeah, He's not going to show up. Uh, in fact, going as far to say that a source told him at Summer League, and Stein did not believe it at the time, but is believing it now, that Kevin Durant would prefer retirement over playing another minute for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, again, I'll believe that when I see it. Yes. But it's sounding much more likely now that we are heading towards a holdout than anything else. Yeah, I, I did. Retirement piece. Let's. I think that's probably uh, 
he, even though Mark Stein, probably there. Would, yeah, he wouldn't report it if he didn't trust the source. And he doesn't obviously say who his source is, but he says it's somebody he really trusts um, in his article. But that seems like a, like about 12 bridges too far for me. Like, like this dude almost, he might have won MVP if he had stayed healthy last year. So I don't know that he's just going to walk away. But the holdout thing, I do think that's where this is headed. And Kevin Durant, very different than a lot of the people. He's made a ton of money both on and off the court in his career, so he'll just hold out. Now, for clarification purposes, Kevin Durant has an advanced salary payment that is owed to him. It's 50% of his salary. So what happens with Kevin Durant in this case is he gets 50% of his base salary um, paid to him before the season even starts. The first payment that he got was on um, of about 11 to 12 million-ish was on July 1st. Second they, payment was, was right after he requested a trade, right? Yes. Yeah. Right <laughs> after. Literally, it was like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Thanks for the direct deposit. Um, that's kind of like when I left my job with Disney. I told them on a on a Wednesday, and then we got paid every Thursday. So it's kind of, kind of nice. It's me, me and Kevin Durant. Same. You and Kevin Durant, one in the same, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Real Hoopers, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's uh, so they, um, then he gets the second payment of an equal amount, about 11 to 12 million on October 1st. So again, long before, right, basically right at the start of training camp, uh, a couple of days after. Now, if Kevin Durant holds out, he's responsible to pay the Nets back that money. Um, that has to go back to them because it was, because it was an advance. Um, normally, if it's just regular salary paid, he can, um, they, they would start to fine him. Um, amounts and then withhold that from paying him but because it's an advance he's responsible for paying it back if he's traded the other team that the nets paid the advance to the uh, paid the advance to durant the other team has to reimburse the nets the amount um, that they had paid so slightly different because it's an advance uh-huh. than if it was regular salary normally with regular salary you're only in the hook for paying them what's owed even though you take the full cap hit for the year on um, nothing changes for practical purposes. What fans should care about as far as cap hits or anything like that. But as far as the nets are concerned, if Kevin Durant doesn't show up or he gets traded, they're going to get a good chunk of money back. No, but that, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. So if let, let's say he gets traded to the Celtics, it's not like the Celtics can say, cool, we get Kevin Durant and only have to pay half of his salary this year. You would have to pay the money that had already been, been delivered to him as an advance. So that's, exactly. that's interesting. It's not like, because that would be an added benefit for a team to trade for him after sure. these payments have already been made. And that obviously that benefit doesn't exist. No, no, not in this case because of, because of the nature of it being an advanced salary, but back to what people probably really care about. Yeah. As hard as it is to maybe believe if we could go back and talk to um, past versions of ourselves, like future Dwight, Dwight, don't drink the coffee. <laughs> um, uh, it's that was a good you one. like that one, huh? I like that. I um, like that one. The fax machine. They uh I think I would have been very shocked a month ago if we were talking holdout. I just didn't think it would get there. I also didn't think it'd be in the middle of August and we're still sitting here with them on the trade market. So I do think now this is I guess probably where it's headed. This I I, I have to rethink my whole like paradigm of the way I think about these things with these players now, because I didn't think Simmons would sit out and yet, you know, that went all the way to the trade deadline and then Mm -hmm. 
technically went after for, I guess, different reasons. But, um, yeah, so I guess we'll see. I guess we're not going to see Kevin Durant probably anytime soon unless he's traded. And it sounded like from what Stein was saying, teams are not budging on upping their offers with the big concern, not being so much that the asking price is so high or any of that. Like, that's certainly a concern. But it's mostly that teams are looking around saying, why Why would this not be us in a year or two, yep. the, the spot the Nets are in right now? Uh, Stein basically said the reason for all of this, the reason why Kevin Durant is so upset and the reason why he's asking for a trade is because Kyrie and KD went to the Nets specifically because they were told they would have control, right? They would be able to control things. And now the Nets are trying to sort of take back control and they're starting to say no. They're starting to say no to Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. And so KD is saying, well, you guys are changing the deal. Then I want out. And that's that's his way of seeing it. The Nets are saying, look, this, this isn't running the way we wanted it to. We did everything you could have asked. We signed DeAndre Jordan. We did all this stuff. Now you're asking for more. There has to be an end to this. There has to be a limit here. We have to retake control of our team. And Durant's saying, well, if you guys are going to do that, I don't. then I don't want to be a part of this because we came here to kind of steer the ship. So I don't, I don't know where ultimately this leads. I think this has, Stein mentioned this, this has been pretty damaging to Kevin Durant's legacy, whether or not he wants to admit that. I think this is something, the longer it drags out, the more this is going to be something that's going to be etched in people's memories when they think back about Kevin Durant, who is an incredible time and one of the greatest ever. But people are going to remember this too. Yeah, it'll be etched in the memories for all but whatever team he lands on, right? Because they'll be completely excited and they'll talk themselves into it's Kevin Durant. Like, yay, like, let's go. We're, you know, now a, a minimum a playoff contender. And if we've got some other pieces, we're, we're a title contender. So that's the tricky part, right? Like, it's, but I'm glad you mentioned what Stein's reporting is on the kind of complications with this. And this is honestly something that I may write about for uh, for spot track. Cause I do think there's a lot of interesting moving pieces here with KD. I think one of the things that becomes really interesting is, yeah, you have to get a huge return because he's Kevin Durant. But to what you mentioned is what if he just pulls this wherever he goes next? Then what? Now you're out that huge return. You're not going to get, this is now kind of like the, the used car theory, right? Like the next time he's traded, you're not going to get as much the second time around, most likely. So that turns into, you know, where are we going, you know, with this process? Because yeah, who's going to give up everything? But uh, Brian Windhorst said this morning, the Nets are basically saying, man, we're good. Like, we're not going to, there's no urgency on their part to push. They're not going to cave to Durant's side. Like, they're, they're basically just going to keep keep going. So, um, they're definitely, it sounds like, definitely not firing Sean Marks and Steve Nash. So, it sounds like they basically said, look, if you don't like it, go away. And 29 other teams, if you want them, you better make us a really, really great offer. Because otherwise, we're content to just sit and uh, continue this uh, staring contest and see where it goes. Well, let me, I, is Kevin Durant, according to Stein and what he's saying here, is upset that he no longer has that control in the organization, right? Mm -hmm. Is that then a prerequisite for any team that's trading for him? Is I would imagine no, right? I, like, yeah, I, I, mean, I certainly wouldn't give it to him. No, and that, that's what I'm saying. That could be a problem, too, for, for other teams mm -hmm. as well. Not only is he happy, but how much control does he want? So when we, we talk about this and we look at like we look at the Jeremy Grant trade this past offseason, and there was that idea out there that, a lot of other teams, you didn't, you didn't get the return. Detroit didn't, didn't get the return that you would have expected. 
because a lot of teams didn't want to pay Jeremy Grant what he's going to be asking mm -hmm. for in free agency. So that lowered the value. I wonder if that's part of this too, where teams are saying, you know what? It's not just that we're getting Kevin Durant and we're worried about him asking out, but we're not willing to give up all this stuff plus whatever measure of control Durant wants. You know, obviously you're probably not giving up full control, but he's going to want to say in things that has to be added into the cost of yep. a Kevin Durant trade if you're the team that's acquiring him. And I, I it makes a lot more sense when you look at it through that lens in terms of why teams are hesitant to pay what it would take to get him. Or I think what you also need, if you're from that kind of side of things, you need a front office coach combo like Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, Masai Ujiri, Nick Nurse, where you are coming in and basically saying, no, like you're here to play for us. Like you don't get to decide. Now, no team in the league operates without involving their stars and personnel decisions to some level, right? Like you just, you just, it's like, you know, I've said this a million times, the whole LeBron is the GM thing has been overblown, but if you're the Lakers, you don't make decisions without going to talk to LeBron just about, Hey, how do you feel about player X coming in the Westbrook trade? Clearly before they pulled the trigger on that, it was let's talk to, to LeBron. Yeah. Now, the Celtics have openly said Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, much to the dismay of some that Smart gets lumped in there, but he does, that they run stuff by them. Now, it's running stuff by them is not going to them for final approval. Exactly. Right? That's a, a whole different thing. Um, and that, that, I think, happens. The final approval happens far less than where it is. But in this case, with these star players, whether it be LeBron or Tatum or – Chris Paul, you're not pulling the trigger on a Durant type trade unless those guys are like, yeah, I'm on board with it too. Because the last thing you want to do is upset the star you have, mm -hmm. right? Because you don't want them being like, well, you brought in this guy and now, you know, I'm just going to sulk and bolt because all you've done is create a problem for yourself. Yeah. So, but no team is going to trade for him and be like, yeah, hey, you get personnel say and all that stuff. It'll be, hey, you're Kevin Durant. So, of course, when we're going to make subsequent move X, we're going to come and talk to you and get your thoughts on it, but you don't get final say, which sounds like happened with the Nets with the whole DeAndre Jordan situation. And then DeAndre Jordan should play and then find her fire fire Kenny Atkinson because he wouldn't play DeAndre Jordan. And then ultimately DeAndre Jordan gets salary dumped and moved along from, and now you don't have Jordan. You don't have Kenny Atkinson. Oh, and you don't have Jared Allen who turned into a, all-star somewhere else giving players yeah. control over personnel i I'll, I'll let you know the first time it works out really really well because i haven't seen it yet work out really really well coaches acting as gms tends to not work out right. there, i mean there's some yep. exceptions but yeah. in it's it's not always the same skill set hell look at look at phil jackson right phil jackson yeah. went and ran the knicks and he wasn't doing them simultaneously i'm talking about the coach gm role yeah. but but phil jackson's skill set as a coach clearly didn't translate Yep. to being an executive though it's not the same thing and it's no. just it's dangerous yeah. when you do that yeah and anytime you like to your point of holding the dual role your priorities are always in competition with each other because as sure. a gm you're trying to balance right now with i want to make sure we're set up for the future as a player and a coach i only care like hey is dude gonna get me five more wins is he gonna get me to the playoffs is he gonna help me win the finals that's all i really care about i'll worry about all that other stuff later and that's not to say you can't 
win and prioritize things that way and do quite well. Um, but you do hit a point where you've got to have somebody else who has the bigger, wider picture in mind. And in this, I don't mean in the slightest to be insulting to any coach or any player. They don't know the CBA. They don't know how the cap works. They might have a broad understanding, but none of them are sitting down and looking through like, all right, so what's the rule on signing a minimum player? How do you use an exception? You know, what are the salary matching rules and trade for a non-guaranteed player? Like they don't know that stuff. They're just looking at it as, yeah, that guy's pretty good. I'd like to play with him. Let's go get him. And if that's the power that the Nets gave KD and Kyrie to begin with, or gave them the impression that they had, Fine, that you can put all the blame on KD and Kyrie if you want. That also lies right with the Nets. You shouldn't have given them, either given them that power or given the, them the impression that they have that power. That that's on you too. True. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was part of the well, the non-sales pitch in terms in terms of getting Kevin Durant and exactly. Kyrie. Um, all right, all of this bleeds into, of course, the Christmas Day games. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about about those because. The Nets are notably absent from the Christmas Day uh, slate for the NBA. Uh, but when I look at the the games that the NBA has put together, it kind of makes sense, uh, particularly when I think we have to look at this through the context of this year, you're going head-to-head with the NFL. Yep. And you can't get cute with anything because of that. Yeah, I mean, I said yesterday they're going to lose the ratings battle uh-huh. with the nfl no matter what it just it's just how it goes right the nfl is what it is and you also if for no other reason that's the one time that week you can watch your team right um but it because some people are like well why doesn't the nba start playing games on thanksgiving and introduce a second day that they're gonna lose like you, you, you don't want to start that war exactly in the nba what they're gonna do here is they're gonna basically say all right you know what this once every what seven years or whatever it is that they play on a Sunday. Well, that Christmas falls on a Sunday. We'll, we'll take the hit and we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll move on. But that said, the slate of games, um, I'm going to put them in the order. I think they're going to ultimately be played in uh, because I don't think we know yet. Um, So I think the opener will be 76ers at Knicks. Agreed. Then I think it's probably, I think it's going to be Bucks Celtics in that second slot. Then I think it'll be, yep. Then I think it'll be, um, I think the next one will be, uh, Grizzlies Warriors because that five o'clock spot has seemed to become almost the primetime spot um, on Christmas Day. Um, and just as a reminder for everybody, the Christmas Day games have have been since they've gone to the five game schedule 12 Eastern, 2 30 Eastern, 5 Eastern. There's a little break from like 7 30 to 8. And then at 8 o'clock, it picks back up again. I think that'll be Lakers at Mavericks. And then I think we'll close out the night with Suns at Nuggets. Um, that, that is my guess for how this comes together. Now, there could be some movement in there and some people are like, well, the Warriors are the West Coast team that's at home when they play in the late spot. It's Christmas Day. You're not going to put the Warriors at 1030. Yeah. I love this, and I struggle that day to make it to that fifth game. Like, I have a hard time staying all the way up. Uh, and making it all the way through that fifth game. Because now it's changing. My daughter's no longer also getting us up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Christmas morning. Right. So I'm I'm not getting up super-duper early. But, you know, I I, I even struggle on that one. So that's my guess. Um, I saw a lot of the Knicks, really. At this point, the biggest the Knicks are probably going to play most more, more often than not on Christmas. Especially if it looks like they might even be decent. 
Um, and then I saw a lot of like the Lakers come on. And I think that's just Lakers hate, but I mean, it's LeBron. Like it would feel weird to not have LeBron right. play on Christmas. And LeBron Luca is, that's just a matchup by itself. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And again, going up against the NFL, this isn't like Christmas Day games aren't awarded based on merit. If they were, you could say, yeah, the Knicks and the Lakers probably shouldn't be in there because they weren't playoff teams last season. But it's about ratings. It's about making this this big event for the NBA. And so you yeah. have to have the biggest stars out there. And the Knicks are simply the biggest market, even if they don't have the biggest stars. Mm -hmm. And who knows? Maybe they're going to be trading for Donovan Mitchell. And that increases the intrigue around that. But you can't go into Christmas Day without the New York market. Who knows yeah. what the Nets are going to look like? Is it going to be Kyrie? Is it going to be exactly. KD? You know the Knicks have a huge fan base anyway. So you might as well put the Knicks in there. And again, if it was based on merit, yeah, the Knicks and the Lakers aren't <laughs> in here. But yeah, the that's Heat not and somebody else would be in there, yes. Absolutely. But that's not what this is. Um, no matter what 10 teams they picked, the, we were going to be able to say, well, why isn't Trey Young in there. Why, you know, right. There's, there's going to be people that and teams that you can look at and say, Oh, this team should be in here. This team shouldn't all of that. But overall, I think the late, the NBA made a pretty bulletproof Christmas day schedule with teams that they can feel fairly confident are going to draw ratings, which is important when you're going up against the NFL, not saying you're going to win that battle, but you don't want to mess around with this and throw in, you know, a rising young star that's got some buzz. Like if you throw the Pelicans in on that game and then what happened, you know, and then Zion, if he's yeah. injured or something like that, then where are you at? Right. Like that's, yeah. that's what you can't do in this situation. I think also too, it's important to note. And I think people miss this. Not all the teams want to play on Christmas day. Um, I know that maybe seems crazy, but especially well, if you've been there, done that. Uh, multiple years in a row. I, I remember LeBron talking about it when it was like his 10th Christmas day game in a row yeah. or whatever. And being like, yeah, you know, at this point it is it just is what it is. My family has learned like we do Christmas on a different day and you know, this and that. Um, there's also the fact is a lot of teams, they don't want to play at home if they're going to play on Christmas. Cause that means now oh. all the arena staff need to come all of your people, all those extra, you know, thousands of people need to be there. And that's not, those people in general, if I'm, uh, you know, serving burgers, working custodial, working security, working anything at the arena, I'm not necessarily super psyched about a Christmas game because you know what? I'm not watching it anyway. I'm right. working. So 
I would rather be home on Christmas with my family. And then, you know what, let's play the day after, you know, whatever it is. So that's just something that also gets factored in. There was a whole for years when Red Auerbach ran the Celtics, he requested that the Celtics, if they had to play on Christmas, didn't play a home game because he didn't want all those other people to miss uh, the holiday. And there are teams who don't do that. Now the Knicks, now, some would say, well, it's because they stink every year, and maybe there's some of that, but they have consistently been like, yeah, we'll take the home game, we'll take the home game. So I don't have any problem with that. I honestly would not have an issue if the NBA said, these three teams, we're going to lock in, and they're going to host Christmas Day every year, kind of like the NFL does with the Lions and the Cowboys, right. and just said, hey, the Knicks, 12 o'clock every year on Christmas they're going to go, everybody can plan. And then who plays them, that'll change, but we know that's going to happen. I wouldn't have a huge issue with that. I also believe every single season, the Grizzlies and the Hawks should play on MLK Day. The two cities may be most closely linked with Martin Luther King. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Country. And then alternate it, right? One year it's in Memphis, one year it's in Atlanta. They should play each other and we just, that's how you build it out. They're, they're close enough uh, distance-wise too that the travel shouldn't be, be a real thing yeah, you gotta worry a, about an hour like so, yeah exactly so i i really believe that you could could make that work but that's a whole other thing but yeah i i don't know i mean it's also i recognize it's the middle of august there's nothing to argue about basketball wise so why not you know let's let's complain about the schedule for you know yeah. for a while and a lot of people just want to do that too yeah uh, well, absolutely well any chance any chance you can get right to complain a little bit sure. you gotta take it you gotta take it all right, let's um, let's get into our our season review. We've got another team that we're going to get to here. We're making our way through uh, the entire NBA, and today we're going to chat a little bit about the Detroit Pistons. So let's take a look at, at them, what they've got going on right now. Young, up and coming team, mostly young players, but uh, they had a pretty busy off season. What do you think about about Detroit? And just kind of a overall look at what they did before we dive into some of the, the details. Sure. Yeah. I think Detroit is in kind of year two of the let's start building back up process. Uh -huh. They, they again, mostly use their cap space to take on uh, undesirable money from other teams. Uh, in this case, primarily the New York Knicks so that the Knicks could uh, you know do what they had to do to get, um, uh, create the space to sign Jalen Brunson. Um, but Detroit did that while getting an extra draft pick to get Jalen Duran, um, who I think is going to be pretty good for them in time. Um, they they re-signed Marvin Bagley. My only issue with that one, not so much. I like the idea of re-signing Marvin Bagley. I think he still could pop here and deliver. It's the $12.5 that they gave him over three years. Um, that part I'm a little less certain about. It feels a little like, who are you bidding against? Who else was offering right. that? So, I was surprised there wasn't like a like a team option or non-guarantee in the final year. Something that yeah. would have given them a little bit more bang for their buck in terms of value here. Yeah, full, fully guaranteed all the way through. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought that last year, much like you, because they've done the team option on final seasons for most guys over the next uh, uh, few years. So, um, but then with their own pick in the draft, adding Jaden Ivey. So you're adding Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, um, two interesting young players that should in theory fit quite well with Cade Cunningham. Um, it's not an off season thing, but I'm super high on Cunningham. Thought he looked great 
as yeah. a rookie. I think uh, proved that's why he was the number one pick. Uh, and then you've got a bunch of other interesting guys um, who who are showing like like one of them is even showing here because he doesn't make enough money. You'd have to scroll it down a little to find him. City Bay, um, mm-hmm. you know, isn't even on the screen here because because he would he that's how little money he makes um, with that. So now the guys they acquired by a trade: Alec Burks, uh, Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker. Um, and then they went in, um, uh, signed Kevin Knox, uh, to, to a deal as well. Kevin Knox, that's kind of a, well, what are we on a third draft for, for yeah. Kevin Knox, right? Um, we'll see, maybe he gets more opportunity, right. In, in Detroit and he gets a little more chance to play and pop. Uh, they kept Hamadou Diallo. They kept Corey Joseph. Uh, those two guys are back from, from last year's team. As we already talked about the re-signed Bagley. So, Little surprise, maybe they didn't move Kelly Olenek. Um, yeah, that's won. what I was gonna say. You've got yeah. uh, but th- these guys stick out: Kelly Olenek, Alec Burks, maybe Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker. Yep. What happens with with these guys? Yeah, Walker's gonna be waived. We, right. we that was already reported. It, it, in case happen. everybody's wondering why it's still showing here, it hasn't happened. Because if you're the Pistons, until you need the roster spot to to bring in somebody to replace them, or until you need to cut the roster down. Might as well keep them because what if a trade pops up, right? I mean, what if, and I'm just, I, 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 by no means do I expect this, but what if it was the Lakers were like, hey, would you take Russ for Olenek, Burks, Noel, and Walker, mm-hmm. right? And then we'll give you one or maybe both first-round picks or something like that. Well, yeah, then of course you would. You, you'd feel like an idiot if you didn't have them then. Right, right? yeah. To do a trade like that. Um, and then it's just so everybody knows, like, that's completely made up. That's not a thing. I th- it wouldn't don't be the worst get mad idea at, the world. Don't get mad at Keith. Right. But it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for the Lakers, I don't think. I think those guys could all help-ish um, in the rotation. The picks um, would be the worst thing. But Yeah, yeah. the picks, <laughs> that's where the problem comes, obviously. I'm just thinking just strictly basketball-wise sure. right now. Uh, Burks, one healthy, Olenek, I think those two guys could help. Um, but the I, my guess is we see Walker get waived, and then probably – I'm just guessing because they've got all these other centers. It's probably going to be Nerlens Noel um, because I just think Olenek has more value overall. Now they are plus two in fully guaranteed contracts. So they are going to eat some money. Um, so we know Walker will be one of them. Maybe Saban Lee get, gets waived, yeah. but I would, if it was me making the decision, I would waive, um, I would waive uh, Noel over Lee and just see if Lee can get it back together. Part of the reason there is they re-signed Rodney Magruder to a fully guaranteed contract, which I know some Pistons fans are like, what in the world? Why, why are we bringing him back again? I think it's just, he's a good locker room guy. And the young guards on the team have talked about how much they, they, you know, like him being there and have learned from him. So um, in the end of the day, nothing they did changes anything as far as we're building around kids and we are rebuilding this. The kids are still going to get 85% of the minutes here um, and they'll, they'll figure it out from there. And I think, I think Olenek will play enough to show he can, and then we'll see him get moved on. Probably what happens is he plays early while Jalen Duran is figuring out the NBA. And then when he's more ready to go, then Olenek probably takes a back seat. And at that point, then, then he's, you know, trade change move whatever. Him. So, yep. Yeah. I mean, right now these are all, you know, I, I have no real issue with the stuff the Pistons did because I know everybody was like, well, maybe they get involved in DeAndre Ayton and, 
you know, maybe Miles Bridges. And, you know, I don't know that Bridges wasn't a part of the plan before, uh, you know, everything um, off the court happened with him. Right. Um, so maybe it was, and maybe they pivoted to doing, hey, we'll just eat money instead. Um, but, you know, other than the Bagley contract, which is just weird in the amount they gave him that it's all fully guaranteed, I think Detroit's, you know, on a great direction here. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that they're in a good spot. I think they've got some... I, I like that the veteran contracts they've got are largely movable. They're in that kind of yep. 10 million ish range. So that I think there's some other moves that could be coming here, but they've yeah. added some really intriguing young talent. I think they made the right decision moving on from Jeremy Grant. I didn't think they got enough in return, but again, when you look at the context, when you look at how much he was going to want on his next contract, it's certainly not the multiple firsts that we were hearing last year at the trade deadline. So maybe there was a missed opportunity there to move him. If there was a better offer at the sure. deadline, but that being said, I think there's a lot of upside here. I think, I think getting Jalen Duran was was fantastic. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a team on the rise. They're not a team that is going to be a destination for free agents anytime soon. So they've got to make other moves uh, in the draft and in the trade market. And I think they've done well in in both those areas. Yeah, in picking up that, um, you know, the, getting that that Milwaukee pick, that was part of what allowed them, and it's a 2025. Bucks pick that was part of what got them Jalen Duran because the Knicks weren't willing to give up a first for somebody just nine million in Kemba Walker they would have gone to OKC or San Antonio or somebody else they needed something of you know value back too so it was all right well you're gonna get Jalen Duran but we need something back too so it was Duran and Walker for basically that Bucks pick then I think getting that Bucks pick out of the trailblazers in the grant trade that allows them to get Jalen Durant. So right. you kind of, if you, you want to change combine it together. Turn, yeah. You change, you turn Jeremy Grant into Jalen Durant. And, and, and I, I got to figure that out if it's Durant or Durant, I don't know. Um, and I know I keep saying it both ways and someone will correct me. We'll I'm find sure. out at some point, um, but it's, that's fine. I think that's fine. I don't, cause you basically turned a late lottery pick for Jeremy Grant. Okay. That works for me. That's, yeah. that's fair value. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, so this is a weird one too. And I feel like I'm going to say this about a handful of teams. This could be a team that is a lot better, but doesn't show up in the standings just because the East is, right. I don't know that they're quite ready to crack into uh, the next group. I do think they are the best of the um, group with Orlando and with, um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Indiana. I do think they're probably the best of that group right now. I think they're probably a, a year ahead of the magic in terms of their, their uh, rebuilding process. And I think both of those teams are pretty far ahead of the Pacers. I think there's a chance pending what happens with Utah. Um, I think there's a chance Indiana is one of the worst teams in the league, like maybe the worst yeah. team. Uh, Especially if they move on from like miles Turner and exactly. you know, there, there's, yeah. there's a path for that to happen. Which Not even a criticism. That's fine. We'll do the Pacers off season a little later. Um, I just find it hard to think Detroit's going to get into the same tier as Cleveland, Atlanta, 
New York, Charlotte, mm-hmm. even Washington. Maybe Charlotte and Washington, they they could maybe pass one of those teams. Uh, you know, if things kind of go sideways on the Knicks again, maybe. I just I don't think this. I don't. I think we're a year away from them contending for the play-in, um, which is is honestly that's fine. Yeah. You know, I there, there's no no reason to rush this. Also, the Detroit Pistons. This is to your point about the contracts. 62.9 million is my cap space projection for them for next year. Now Money. that's 62.9 million with Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, uh, even with Marvin Bagley at 12.5 million. Like, come on, like let's like that. If you can't get jazzed about watching this young group, plus knowing you have that kind of flexibility and kind of overlook like, eh, maybe we don't need to win 41 games and be yeah. a playing team then let's think your fandom because, you know, you got one more year of it being rough. Well, and the critics would say, well, who cares if they have cap space? Nobody's signing with Detroit anyway, but there's more than you can do with cap space than yeah. just sign. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it helps you take on guys and trade and all that other stuff. I think the other thing too is they have gotten a couple free agents in the past. Yeah. Now they didn't work out great. I think they maybe you know, weren't the greatest signings in the world, but this seems kind of done okay at times. And and let's not forget, just two years ago, Jeremy Grant was one of the better free agents. And he picked Detroit. You know, that's where he wanted to be. You know, he picked them. Uh, you know, to to go there. So yeah, I I think they scream one of those teams where we talk well. No one will have seen this yet. We talked about it. You and I did with the magic and their flexibility. If the kids grow um, with this, what will happen here is now all of a sudden it's, yeah, I can be the guy to put them over the top. Right. Like I can get them there. And then that's where you go. And this gives you another year of figuring out, or what is it we need? Do we need a stretch four? Do we need a real, another really good wing? Do we need an on ball playmaker beside kids Cunningham, um, you know, in the opening group because Killian Hayes maybe isn't that guy. Um, yeah. You've got a whole nother year to, to figure that out um, with this and you know, go. So I, 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 I would be super duper excited if I was a Pistons fan, just cause I think you are, you're well on your way here and do, doing this the right way. You know, staying yeah. patient. No reason to rush. I mean, what were they going to do this offseason with a whole bunch of cap space? Go sign a bunch of guys that maybe get them to 40 wins, but then you've got those contracts on your books. And then you ruin the your pick. Years. Like, yeah, then yeah, then your pick's not very good. Your cap sheet's now a little messy. Would have liked DeAndre in there. Yeah, probably. He's young enough. I think he could have fit in really well. But a lot of people were talking about Jalen Brunson and all that stuff. Wouldn't have hated it. I, w- I could have got behind it in the end, but I don't know. It's just that those aren't your ceiling, you know, changing moves. Right. Um, you know, that, that, that'll come later after another year of development from these guys. All right. All in all, pretty solid uh, offseason to work from the Pistons, and we'll see what they can build from here. Uh, I think that about wraps up uh, the, the Detroit Pistons and our news for today, but appreciate everybody who joined us. Make sure that you do subscribe to the NBA front office YouTube channel, ring that notification bell. Don't forget to go check out our clips channel as well. Till next time, everybody see ya and stay safe.